Welcome to the Treble Podcast. I'm your host, David Gertler. Treble is a business networking platform that helps professionals manage, grow, and most importantly, leverage their network for new business and career opportunities. Our podcast highlights business professionals and their stories. Join us to hear how some amazing people navigated or created their own career path and share business insights with us. Hey, Kyle, thanks so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Hey, David, thanks for having me on. It's good to see you again. Good to see you. So what are you up to these days? Yeah, um, yeah, it's been a while since we've caught up. So I'm working for a venture capital firm called Anzu Partners with offices all across the US, but based out of Washington, DC. And I, uh, I'm a vice president leading a function called Capital Solutions, which is effectively business development for Anzu Partners. My job is to go out and meet other like-minded investors that could have interesting deals that Anzu Partners could invest in across our VC debt and SPAC investment strategies, and also create awareness of our portfolio here at Anzu Partners. Oh, wow. What's, what's a typical week look like for you? What do you enjoy doing? And uh, I am a typical week. There's no week that's the same. So, um, but I think the common denominator on what is the same is I get out and I talk to people all day, every day, multiple meetings per day, and build relationships, ideally long lasting quality relationships. So uh, Zoom is, is certainly a typical common part of the day. I'm on Zoom nonstop most hours of the day. And if not in Zoom, getting out to relevant industry conferences and really building Anzu's brand and market as we strive to be the capital provider of choice for emerging industrial tech and life science technology companies. Wow. Yeah. And, and how do you manage? I mean, obviously, um, you spend a lot of your career in in-person meetings. How have you adapted? What are the pros and cons to you? What, what secrets do you have for dealing with the Zoom meetings? It's interesting. Um, when I was meeting with people in person, when we first met, gosh, four or five years ago now, it was all about in person and getting, getting, you know, for me, it felt like, gosh, I'm in Howard County doing all these meetings, Howard County, Maryland, if this is a national audience, you know, it'd be great if I could just break into uh, Arlington, Virginia and start building relationships down there. And I could never figure out how to do that because I was trying to straddle my time driving from, if anyone has ever been to DC, from Howard County, Maryland or Anne Arundel County, Maryland out to Tyson's Corner, Virginia, which is only a, you know, 30 or 40 mile trek, but could be two hours or if there's ice, it could be a two day trek. If anyone saw the national headlines on the news uh, this year, 2022 on the, the bottleneck on 95. Anyway, um, so Zoom has allowed me to think much larger. So since I'm not spending hours a day, lost time just sitting in cars, I'm able to talk to people and start my day early, talk to someone in Slovenia, talk to someone in Japan um, very early to talk to folks across the globe and finish my day, say, talking to folks in California. So um, I've been able to build a much larger, wider, and deeper network across the globe. However, with the ability and access to talk to anybody in any geography, truly globally, I've lost some of the quality of the relationship mm -hmm. in that Zoom fatigue is real, but Zoom is here to stay. So as part of that, building a deep quality relationship, David, I think the first time we met, we sat in a coffee shop in Howard County, if I'm not mistaken, in really nice leather chairs. 
and uh, talked for quite some time and built a personal relationship where we talked about you being a, a prominent Apple fan and an audiophile and my similar appreciation for music. That quality of relationship has really, in my opinion, died down in the Zoom world. If I sent an hour Zoom invite to someone, to me, I feel like most people might panic unless there was a stated mission for why we're spending an hour. If it's a first call, a second call, a third call, 30 minute quick hits is great, but you lose that ability to talk about, you know, I saw the Apple bumper sticker on your car or, you know, just the personal deep quality in a personal relationship. So, you know, with some good, there's some bad, but certainly the ability to build a bigger, larger, wider network has come by being able to go more globally as a result of being behind a screen more than being in person. Right. It's funny you mentioned that those serendipitous, you know, occurrences, you know, just being able to read the body language or build those connections or feel more comfortable. Right. Um, and that I think is a key for people in their career journeys. And that's where I want to explore with you right now. So you're executive, you're a vice president of business development. And I want to take you back to your high school days, maybe and, and college days and tell me, you know, all right, high school, Kyle, said, one day I'm going to become a vice president of this, uh, this capital company and meet with people on Zoom. I mean, where did this come from? Where were you, what did you start your career thinking? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, I actually hired a career coach probably four years ago. And I learned a lot from the gentleman. He was CFO of three or four companies that he took public, just an incredible mentor. He was Gosh, in his late 70s, if I'm not mistaken, he's unfortunately passed away. But I looked at him as someone that I could learn a lot from. And his comment to me, you know, if you met me, David, five years ago, much, much younger than I am now, and a lot of energy, excitement, and enthusiasm and trying to figure it out, but didn't quite have it all figured out. And that's what I hired the gentleman to help me with. And Stan Kregi, he made the comment to me and drew an up and to the right chart that everybody in my world in VC likes to see. And he told me, Kyle, your career will not be up and to the right. It will be up, it'll be a catastrophic dip, uh, maybe a depression, maybe a recession, but it'll be up and down. But what you need to do is have your guiding North Star in the top right and figure out what you're doing through the ups and the downs that will ultimately get you there. But just remember, you're not on a straight line path. It's not. Okay. And I started my career in the big four and there was a very up and to the right career trajectory on how to make partner. It's come here, work here, do really well for three years, you get promoted, do really well for three years, you get promoted, do really well here for three years, you get promoted. Like that was the career track. It was easily defined. Once you get out of an organized framework like a PWC, yeah, up and to the right, it's really hard to figure out your guiding North star. So um, coming back to the high school question, when I was in high school, I didn't know who I wanted to be when I grew up. Just about anything I touched, I was very interested and curious about. I think I said I wanted to be a meteorologist at some point in time. I wanted to be an engineer at some point in time. Um, I thought about being a math teacher, which is hilarious knowing how bad I am at math at some point in time. And talking to a mathematician like you, I think yeah, you would know I would probably not be much of a mathematician. But anyway, I digress. Um, the conversation I had with my dad was this. Basically, Kyle, I can appreciate that you want to be an engineer. I'm an engineer. You will be a horrible engineer. You should not be an engineer. You like people too much. Why don't you go get a degree in business? And at the time, I was like, you know what? This makes sense. I work for a small business. I like, you know, selling things and building things and 
figuring out inventory and just weird problems at the smallest scale of working for a small business, that is kind of exciting to me. And I like building things. Uh, I like building things, I like growing things, I like leading things. I'm an Eagle Scout. I love playing with Legos as a kid. Something about building businesses resonated with me. Uh, so I thought I'd get a business management degree. And my dad's follow-up comment was, Kyle, no one's going to hire a 21-year-old to manage their business. Go get a real degree with some skills. Why don't you get a degree in accounting? Which at the time, he was kind of talking about out of both sides of his mouth and that, yeah, accounting is a good background, but liking to talk to people. Accounting is kind of like engineering to some degree. You know, you, you, you don't have to talk to people. But uh, I went out, I pursued dual degrees in accounting and finance at University of Maryland, graduated, got a great job with Pricewaterhouse yeah. and set on that path of picking YPWC versus another career. Well, when I graduated college, I was still in the same boat. I liked everything. I didn't know what industry I wanted to go into. I mean, Under Armour is big here in Maryland. Under Armour is a great company. Kevin Plank, founder, Maryland alumni. That's cool. Google, another Maryland alumni. Uh, Sergey Brin is a University of Maryland grad. Google was really interesting, especially when I graduated college in the you know uh, early, mid-2000s um, uh, years. So I liked tech. I liked Under Armour. I liked things that were growing. That was exciting. Why don't we go to PwC? get in a variety of companies, a variety of industries and figure out what I actually like once I can go out and really specialize and learn industry. You took the opportunity at PwC, not just to do the job, you know, develop your skills, earn a paycheck, but also to explore other things for future. Exactly. Um, you know, it's interesting. I did well at PwC. I enjoyed my time there. I was possibly the worst auditor in the history of PwC. And I wear that proudly, but somehow I got promoted and did well and people liked me. And I think what the key common denominator is, and this is kind of what led to a career pivot for me, mm -hmm. spent three and a half years there. Everyone's perspective is go to PwC, get promoted to the senior associate. Mm -hmm. And ultimately what will happen is you'll learn a ton and you'll prove you can work hard. And from there, you'll have a good foundational career starting point to figure out who you really want to be when you grow up, unless you want to stay in PwC and be a partner or go and be a, you know, controller at a company somewhere one day. That's a great path. But for me, I took that advice to heart and, and made it to my first promotion and left promptly after that. So, however, I was able to work in a variety of industries, a large financial services company out in Baltimore, Maryland, a large hotelier in Bethesda, Maryland, a industrial company in Long Island. This is all in the accounting field? or did All you in the accounting field, yeah. Um, I was involved in an IPO of an early stage life sciences company. I was involved in the acquisition of a large hotelier. Um, gosh, I, I was involved in a reverse merger of a real estate management company. So again, all in the accounting lane, right. but you can't just focus on accounting and be great in business. So as part of that, Yes, I'm doing audits and financial statements and making sure things agree and the numbers are right. But on the flip side of it, my goal is to understand why are these things happening? Why are we creating value by acquiring this company? Why is this company looking to do a reverse merger? What are the benefits of this? And really just build that solid business acumen across M&A, growth strategies, business challenges. I mean, what I was doing, we saw a lot of that. And also just broadly speaking, learning a ton of industries to figure out where do I want to go when I figure out who I want to be when I grow up. So is it fair to say that due to your positions, those, those various positions, you had the opportunity to see 
different growth strategies being played out. Some worked, some didn't work, some went in different directions, et cetera. And that gave you that education, that additional, you know, street education, so to speak, right? That's exactly right. I just, you see so much at, you know, I worked with up to Fortune 50 companies and then I worked with startups that didn't have revenue that were going public, that were backed by very prominent venture funds in the US. So right. you, I learned a ton, I saw a ton. And for me, I got to realize what excites me. And, you know, coming back to that thesis, of, I don't know who I want to be when I grow up, but let me just continue learning by going and working for the big four for three and a half years. Right. I was able to take a step back. Mm -hmm. And at the time, very few people know this. I tried starting a small company um, while I was there, failed miserably within like four months of starting it. I twisted the arm of a family member to be my developer because he had quit a job, a very prominent um, cloud company, cloud software company. And he was traveling the world. I was like, hey, why don't you join me on this? I've got the idea. I've got the market. I've got a few early pilot MVP people that we can talk to about being customers. You build it, I'll sell it. Because I don't know how to build. I don't know how to program. So we started on it. And he started building it. And he had a really nice, you know, very rough mock-up of a starting company. I built a wireframe, what I thought it would look like. Mm -hmm. I went, I pitched two, you know, very close friends and family members on the idea. And they both hated it and told me, you know, basically when I built my business plan, there was four thoughts. I built a SWOT, right? Like basic, basic thought. And the fear I had was that these individuals wouldn't be motivated to do anything because they're very successful and the business has been the same for a hundred years and they weren't ready for tech to change that. And they had no incentive to, uh, despite me trying to show them the incentive. And when I learned on that, my, you know, I told my cousin, Hey, I told the two people I know, they both hated it. And he was like, hey, I need a job. I've been traveling and I have no money. So I quit. Um, at that point, I was like, well, I'll just put this back on the shelf. And I've got a great job here at PwC. I'll just keep learning and pushing through and we'll find something else. But that set me on a path. I learned a few things about myself. One, I knew nothing about sales. Two, I knew nothing about how to raise capital. And three, I really loved selling and trying to raise capital and hated being an accountant and an auditor. And I knew the traditional track of go work at the big four and go work in an accounting team somewhere. That was not what I wanted to do. So I needed to pivot and find the right career path for me to start a company or at least find something that was a little bit more motivating to who I want to be. So where did that change actually happen, right? Where did you go from the accounting role to more of that biz dev role? Yeah. So one thing about me is I do have my guiding principles as an accountant. So I am... I'm risk tolerant, but still somewhat always trying to figure out how to de-risk things. So I ended up taking a job as a recruiter, an accounting and finance recruiter. Um, but I was focused on building a strategy for a small boutique eight-person recruiting shop to go and do interim staff placement for senior accountants up to CFOs. Mm -hmm. And my thought on that was, gosh, I really don't want to do this because I, you know, just... I know how many recruiters were pinging me. I know how challenging this is. I don't understand the staffing business. I've never been around that. But my gut feeling was, you know what? I'm not calling people like me and trying to get them to take new jobs at other places. I'm trying to call on CFOs to figure out their staffing needs and figure out, hey, are you about to convert to a new ERP? Or are you going to have someone go out on leave for a period of time? Or are you going to acquire someone and need extra support? How can we help you with a higher end professional resource in the finance world? And my gut feeling was this could go really well and I could love this career path 
But at the end of the day, I'm going to get thrown into a sales shop effectively and get incredible sales training for a period of time and decide, do I like this or do I hate this? The people I'm selling to are CFOs. If I hate this, I go back to being a CPA. And now I have a network of CFOs, which effectively, if you make partner at a large accounting firm, the goal is to have a network of CFOs and you're selling. So I didn't see where I could go wrong on this. And the path for me in sales in the big four was just not there. I asked a partner to do that. They told me, Kyle, you're going to be in sales. 10 to 15 more years of doing this. You're going to be me. I'm like, that sounds horrible. So you know what? I'd rather go and try to make it as a sales guy as a recruiter than be an auditor for another 10 years. And wow, wow. I went out and I did that. And I liked it. I won't go into detail why I didn't stick around for much more than a year. I had success with it. I landed a large contract with a very large um, food and beverage company that was moving to Virginia at the time. And I was like, gosh, I've got some skills here. I'm learning how to sell. I'm learning how things work. I don't like smiling and dialing and cold calling. That's not my sales strategy. And at the point in time, I met through a family member, a mentor who was like, Kyle, I understand you're doing direct marketing. Have you ever done relationship-based marketing? Mm-hmm. No, tell me more. What's that? Like, it's where you get to know someone and you refer work to each other and you build deep relationships and you find opportunities to help each other because you're working in a similar track. To me, that resonated. Connecting people that benefit from each other versus picking up the phone and calling people I don't respond to cold calls. I block and report as spam. It went against my beliefs and my foundational guidance of if I don't answer a cold call, why should I expect someone else to? I fully appreciate cold calls work. I couldn't do it. If you can't do it, you don't send genuine. It's not going to work. So I moved on. I left the smile and dial, make a hundred cold calls a day shop and joined a firm that taught me how to build a network and build a relationship-based marketing approach, which is ultimately what got me to Ansby Partners here today. Wow, that's awesome. Um, I'm going to ask you for one or two insights for people who want to follow in your career path. And then I'm going to throw out my one sentence summary. Uh, but go ahead. You know, what insights do you have for people who are watching today? They're thinking, wow, it was really cool. I loved hearing a little bit about your journey from you know the uncertainty of engineering, et cetera, to going into the accounting but wanting more and then what your path is, what insights, what guidance, what advice would you give somebody that wants to follow in that similar path? So having mentors is incredibly important. I had a mentor from a large global law firm that was always there for me in my career and could help me navigate landmines, could help me build my network and help me get two of my most recent jobs. Mm -hmm. But having a diverse set of mentors is also incredibly important. Mm -hmm. So very thankful I had someone that was very prominent working for federal agencies uh, in in the military that then switched to a customer success role at a tech company here in town. I learned a ton from him, including give yourself ample time because if you walk into a meeting uh, because you're sprinting across a grass field to get to the office and you walk in with a bunch of dry grass on your shoes, that's not a good first impression. So um, just someone that can give, and this is a very young version of me, Someone that can give just practical guidance and and mentorship on things as silly as that is incredibly helpful. And then I also had um, a woman, Lisa, who was an early pioneer in construction and was one of the few women engineers in construction at a a heavily male-dominated industry. And she just gave me a lot of perspective about how to think about being a leader working in the industries that I work in. So someone that can help you navigate your career and be an advocate for you as you're running into issues or figuring out where to go, but also just people that can challenge you to think differently 
unrelated to what you do, having that diverse set of mentors has been incredibly important to me in navigating how to get to different places in my career. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'll say um, one of the things that I thought your whole career has been such a, uh, an amazing journey, uh, and I've known a little bit of it over the last couple of years, and I've gotten to see you to grow uh, and really shine. I'm looking forward to what, what you're going to do next. One of the things that you said early that I really like that I hope people pick up on um, is the whole North Star that you know many people's careers are not linear. Um, especially in today where it's so mobile and there's so many new technologies coming along, et cetera. And the thing that you said about just having a North Star and knowing roughly where you want to go, but knowing it's going to be a bumpy, nonlinear ride. I think that's so true for many of us. And uh, I think that was a really great insight that you shared. Kyle, thanks so much for making time and sharing your journey with us. Like I said, I'm eager to see five years from now and 10 years from now what you're up to. Uh, thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks, David. I appreciate you for having me on. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Treble Podcast. If you're inspired by this story, want to network more effectively, and unlock new business and career opportunities, download Treble from the App Store today. You'll need to search for Treble Network, all one word. We're offering an exclusive deal for our podcast listeners to get a free premium membership with the promo code TreblePod. Again, use the code TreblePod to get a free premium membership on Treble today.